Yo, what up, everybody? My name is Jason Moore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Windsor's only local sports podcast featuring interviews with local athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, and more, dropping every other Monday on windcitysports.com and anywhere podcasts are found, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, bringing you the best in local sports interviews. Going strong for nearly five years, you can find us on all social media at windcity underscore sports. On Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we also have a YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe, follow like whatever social media you might use and give us a review on any app you might use again we're on spotify apple Podcasts, all that stuff give us a big five star review if you don't mind taking the time to help us out but today is monday february 15th 2021 and it's episode 218 of win city sports and it's family day happy family day to all my friends and family out there hope everyone is enjoying the day if you got the day off it's uh probably going to be another cold one out there but not a bad day to maybe do a little family skate get on the ice play a little hockey go skating a little bit and that's what i've been doing lately here at home got the backyard rink obviously um appropriate for today's setting i suppose and uh, still be able to get on the ice and get the legs moving a little bit a lot of fun out there with uh, again the friends and family so maybe today as uh recording obviously the day before um what is it family day um probably be out there right now if as you're listening to this if you're uh, grateful enough to listen to it on the first day that it drops here on windcitysports.com this week on windcity sports we have another former windsor spitfire again basically turning this podcast into the former or the spitfires alumni podcast but um, as we talk about with this guest it's always good to, to shoot the shit about the good old days um, the magical days of our Windsor Spitfires back in the old back-to-back Memorial Cup championships. You know, it's something I like to touch upon here on the show a lot. And we got a guy that was there for the second OHL and Memorial Cup win this week. He went on to play in the AHL for a number of years. And he was actually even part of the Spitfires the following year in 2010-11. Made a push to the conference finals as well. Uh, played pro for many years. Ended up going overseas for a year to wrap it up. And now he's a developmental coach just across the border in Michigan where he is a native of. Um, that's where he's originally from. That's what that means. Um, this week on the Win City Sports Podcast is Kenny Ryan, as I'm sure you know already. Um, obviously remember this guy um, from the 2010 Memorial Cup Championship, OHL Championship. He was a great addition to the team and a highly skilled team as we talk about um obviously all the guys that he still keeps in touch with today and even guys that he played with in the states before coming over he and camp valor kind of uh both made the similar decision to to come here and obviously were recruited here by by the staff as well um and ended up making one of the best junior hockey teams of all time and as you'll hear in the interview now kenny is taking his skills onto the ice in a different way he's now a developmental coach and um i believe a head coach as well of of one of the little caesars program teams over in michigan that's one of their minor systems he's been coaching a couple of teams out there and as well as doing some one-on-one specific training with players um of all kinds obviously and um We'll hear about that again in the interview. He's been working with Brian Rolston, another former NHLer, uh, another Michigan guy. 
So obviously them two pairing together and as well they're training current NHL superstars as you might know and Cam Fowler and a lot of former Windsor Spitfires. Uh, Kenny also did his own little podcast for a little bit. I remember seeing on Instagram which is kind of how we connected where he was interviewing a lot of his past um, teammates and stuff that again you would know like Ryan Ellis and, and whatnot. I mean sure a few of you have heard of him um we're gonna get into that interview in just a minute here and then following that we actually have a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about a lot of hockey news i guess just a lot of our windsor spitfires moving on to the pro ranks right now due to the whole ohl situation a lot of guys uh getting their opportunity in the ahl which you know probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the whole pandemic but aside from that we also have a fight announcement for tj laramie in the ufc a little bit on jacob robson our detroit tigers prospect we had on the show here two or three years ago episode 123 and a little bit of news and not conspiracies but you know speculation when it comes to the ohl we'll get into that and in, uh, david branch's somewhat announcement and um, the rumors that were floating around for them as well and kind of relate to the WHL and Q and the Q as well so we'll get into that later on the show we got a good interview with Kenny Ryan right now to get into so without further ado let's get into that interview with former Windsor Spitfire former Toronto Marley as well Kenny Ryan here we go right now on the phone I'm joined by a former Windsor Spitfire and 2010 Memorial Cup champion he was a second round draft pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs in 2009 and he's from right across the border in Michigan from Franklin. Kenny Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course, man. So like, like I mentioned, like obviously doing this show, um, uh, we want to talk to people from Windsor, around Windsor, maybe people that played here a little bit like yourself. And not only that, you're from right across the border from Michigan. Were you always a hockey kid growing up out there? Um, you know, for the most part, I was. I, um, you know, my... My dad, I have two older brothers. I actually come from more so a football family. Yeah. Um, my dad played college football in Notre Dame. My other brother played at Michigan. And uh, ironically, my middle brother, he's probably the best athlete out of all of us. And he, uh, he got to college and said, I'm just going to, to study and have a good time. So <laughs> he didn't play, but um, you know, we grew up. Uh, my dad made a rink all the time in the backyard in the winter. That's where I learned how to skate backyard having fun messing around getting pushed around by my older brothers but um you know it was just it was kind of what we did and my brothers as they got older they kind of fizzled out into other sports around 12 13 uh, you know they swam played football you know did everything and uh, for me i i loved hockey growing up and when i got to that age i, I think my passion for it just grew more and uh I was happy and fortunate enough to stick with it. That's cool, man. Uh, the reason I ask that is because, you know, Michigan and even Det the Detroit area, they're so strong, like their systems for sports are so strong, whether it be hockey, football, basketball, baseball. So, you know, you probably had a lot of options and obviously coming from an athletic family, it's not like around here where it's just like once he's old enough to skate, put skates on him and <laughs> let him play hockey if he wants to, you know? No, for sure. I mean, I think that's, in my opinion, one of the differences I think is, you know, in Canada, generally speaking, and, you know, definitely Windsor, but compared to the States or Detroit, it's hockey's the first option, the first thought in Canada. I mean, I, I loved it there when I spent my time there. It's just a true, you know, countrywide passion. And 
feel like in the States and, you know, somewhat in Michigan, it's, it's not the number one sport that you think of when you're younger, oh, I want to do this or I hope to be this when I'm older. Um, kind of the mindset of that. And, you know, I, I, I was just fortunate enough that I got introduced to it and, you know, fell in love with it. And, you know, stayed with it. So yeah, no, that's cool to hear, man. Like you said, you kind of you hit the nail right on the head. Like it's just there's so many different options out there. And then again, in the states, it depends. Like if you were in anywhere in Michigan, if you were in you know Texas, not a lot of hockey is is going on at least uh, as a kid, right? So being in Michigan is a little different. Definitely. I mean, there's more of a you know hockey history or culture. Uh, Michigan, Midwest, you know Minnesota. You go back east, you got the Massachusetts area. Um, you know, those are pretty pretty standard, historical speaking, you know, hockey communities, areas. And then you, know, you venture out a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that never been to a hockey game, don't have any interest in it. So more uh, location of where you are. But I was fortunate to, you know, be from Detroit and introduced to it at a young age. Yeah, it's all about kind of where you're what you're brought into, right? When you when you're sure. bringing up. So you actually started kind of your more serious playing career. Obviously, I think you were playing with Honey Baked uh, as a minor, and then you got onto the U.S. national team. It's probably where your real experience really started, playing with guys like Cam Fowler that we know around here, and uh, Kyle Palmieri, and probably just surrounded by a great group of guys and and coaches that helped shape you in your early years. Definitely. Um... You know, I, sorry, like you said, I played my minor hockey for uh, Detroit Honey Bakes. We had, you know, great teams, great organization, uh, you know, just good people that are lifelong friends still to this day. And you know, I was fortunate to be selected to play for the you know, NTDP program that at the time was out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, but now it's out of Plymouth. And you know, that was kind of my first real introduction to. Um, you know, you're still playing a game, but now this is more of if I want to be successful and move forward in my hockey career, you have to approach it differently than just, you know, your three days a week of youth hockey. Um, <laughs> that was kind of where I was introduced to, you know, the weightlifting, the training side, uh, the video, the attention to details, the you know, eating, sleeping well, you know, everything that goes into becoming a successful hockey player at whatever level you wish to accomplish. That was really eye-opening, educational for me, and really learned a lot. And Again, I was fortunate to be a part of that anytime, whether it's uh, American, Canadian, doesn't matter what country, you get to represent your own country. That's something uh, I took a lot of pride in and was very thankful to, to have that opportunity to do so. Yeah, absolutely, man. And at a young age, too, like, um, aside from, like, you know, playing for your national country and stuff like that, did you kind of realize the the work that had to be put into it and, like, the system, how, like, a lot of people don't realize that at a young age, right? You're just, you're just playing the game. Uh, was, was it kind of introduced to you? Like, you got to do this and, and, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's a pretty unique setup that they, they have there. You know, I'm sure a lot of people already know about it, but... That's one of the differences from that program to, you know, playing in major junior and OHL is you, know, you come in, you try to make a team in major junior at 16, you got a handful of guys, but you're also on a team with maybe a guy who's 20. And 
you know, so there's a big age difference. And with that program, you the national program, you know, there was 20 guys that moved from all over the country to one spot, all over 16 years old, all kind of going through the same thing together. So I think that was something that, you know, was a really cool bond. Um, that was new to everybody, but, you know, our, our standard day was wake up, we go to school, um, be out of school at about one thirty, get to the rink around one forty five, and then, you know, we'd have some meetings and then we get in the gym and four days a week it was you're lifting, not thinking that you're skating right after. Like <laughs> you you're absolutely drilling yourself. You're you know, you're walking down the stairs after, can't feel your legs or like jello and you know, it was just it was just hard work. It was what needed to be done and a lot of it I think um looking back you know after my time there it was more the mental side of it it was yeah that you know this is hard this is difficult we're playing tomorrow we're doing a full lift the day before you know can you adapt and you know be mentally tough of you know this is what you got to do to get to where you want to be type thing but um you know I really enjoyed it there I think a lot of guys have kind of mixed feelings some guys absolutely loved it some guys are good with never, you know, doing it over if they could. But, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool friendships. Uh, we were able to win when we were there. So, uh, you know, I really, I, I did enjoy my time there. Oh, for sure. And I bet, like, like you said, you know, just kind of looking back on it, it's like this prepared me mentally and physically. You know, now it all makes sense kind of thing, right? Definitely. Um, you know, that's that's kind of part of the game when you're growing up. You really don't think about, um, when you're young and you're a kid, you're out there just having fun playing. As you get older, everybody says that it turns more into a job. But at the end of the day, anytime you're playing hockey, you know, you're lucky to be doing that, whether it's how you're employed or you're going out to play some shinny. So, uh, you know, it it was just great experience and, uh, you know, kind of, gave me a, uh, a little bit of an insight in how to prepare for that next step. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's a job, but it's a fun job, I guess, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you get to play hockey, sign me up. Yeah, exactly, dude. And um, kind of alluding to what you're talking about as well, I mean, um, so you were playing, I think you played two seasons with the national team and then over here in Windsor. Uh, 2009, they won the OHL Memorial Cup Championship, and then you, Cam Fowler, and uh, Jack Campbell all come over to the Spitz. So, were you guys aware of what was going on over here? Were you guys kind of? Uh, was there something collective between you guys, or is it just kind of coincidence that y'all ended up coming here? Yeah, so I um, I came in. I think it was 2009-10 season. Yeah, and um, you know, Cam and I played together uh, that prior year it was our under 18 year um at the u.s program and then you know cam had decided it was his drafter he was kind of one of those 91 birth years but fell into the 92 draft year just because of when he was born so in his viewpoint um you know he thought it was his best decision to play major junior for his draft year and um, not go to college which obviously probably worked out pretty well for him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, I I was going to Boston College, and, um, you know, I, which is ironic about this whole story, is I committed to Boston College at the end of eighth grade. 
And, you know, I think recruiting might have changed a little bit, but, you know, I'm however old I was, 14, I think, having college offers, making decisions for where I'm going to be when I'm 18. Um, You know, there's not one day that I regret any part of that decision. Boston College, I still would tell every kid I see, you should go there because it's an incredible program, history, school. Um, So, you know, I went there for about two months. And, you know, I I talked to Rikes and uh, Boogie, you know, in the summers prior, just, you know, keeping in touch. Yeah, I'm going to school. It's all good. But, um, you know, just kind of knew that that was an option in the very back of my mind. And um, when I was at school, I just, I didn't have that, that fire, that passion, that, you know, for whatever reason it was, it wasn't anybody said did anything it wasn't that I didn't like it I just it didn't feel right for me and um, I knew that Windsor had a very strong program it was uh, Halsey's and uh, Cam's draft year Uh, you know we were going to be watched by every team in the NHL every night and you know it was a very great team it was a very successful team so I was going into a program that was already at you know, the peak of what they've been trying to do. So it made that decision a little bit more, um, you know, easy for me to make. And ironically enough, that year that I came to Windsor, you know, we won the Men Cup and Boston College won the College Hockey National Championship. <laughs> so either so either I, think, uh, I think I would have been all right either way. That's but, right. you know, I... I I really did enjoy my time there. It was just something that I thought for me, it was, you know, the best decision for myself with, you know, my family. And, um, you know, it, it, it worked out. Yeah, no doubt, man. Like, we obviously know what happens on the surface here, and, you know, we watch the games, but it's hearing these stories, which is the cool thing about, about doing this show and talking to guys like yourself, you know. And, um, again, like, there's so many people we can we always like to talk about, but... Uh, everyone's got a different story and you know you never would anticipate that from from you no definitely I mean it's like I said I think looking back in hindsight when I'm 14 years old and you know you're getting in schools and everything it's one it's it's such a gratifying thing and it's an honor to be even in those discussions uh, with colleges at, at that age of you know being one of those handful of kids that are in those situations but also on the other side of it, it's, you know, there's a lot of maturing and personal you know, development that I think you need to go through um, and figure out, you know, where you want to be in your life and what cities and what schools and, you know, what's important to you um, to make those decisions. And, you know, I, I made a decision and I never once have regretted, you know, going to Boston College or, or leaving. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like you mentioned, a strong system there as well. So no matter what, I guess it would have been at yeah, the time. You know, right. Windsor being how they were, it was it's a right. pretty cool comparison. Now that I think about it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I mean, like, like even like you mentioned, I'm sure coming into that season, um, you were kind of finding yourself. And I wonder if there was any pressure. Did you feel any pressure on the team? Because that's the kind of the the year that they actually wanted to build to win everything, right? And it just kind of happened the year before that. So now you got maybe some added pressure about 
now this is we can we do it again kind of thing but i'm sure once you got there yeah. there was some reassurance too seeing what you were surrounded with definitely i mean you know when, when i got there i was very i don't know um if i just didn't you know really inform myself or just wasn't educated in the sense of just you know what the ohl really is like i mean i knew all about windsor um i knew you know the standard stuff how many games you play and all, all of that, but, you know, the style of play compared to college hockey or U.S., you know, junior programs, yeah. um, you know, there, there was an adjustment period for me. I got there, and I remember, I'll never forget it, it was my uh, my first game. I think it was a Thursday night. I think uh, Spitz were, you know, 13 games in, or 15 games into the season, something like that. I came in, um, and our first game was against London, and I'm on the bench, you know, all excited. My family's up, up top in a box, and, um, you know, it's just very exciting, and the puck drops, and here we go, and before a stride's taken, you know, two guys drop their mitts and hmm. you know, start beating each other up and going after it, and it, that was, I mean, one of the coolest things in my mind. I was just like, this now we're playing real hockey. Not that anything before that wasn't, but yeah. you know, it, it was what you watched on TV growing up uh, as a kid, and you know, I, I felt like it was just such a a great atmosphere. And you know, like you said, it, it was the year. I think that Warren and Boogie that that was kind of on their calendars. This is the year that we're building for, and the year before, you know, they obviously won, which was incredible, but. You know, as far as pressure, I think we had such leaders in that room. You know, guys have been around, Scott Timmons, you know, Harry Young. Um, and then, you know, the whole, like, 90 birth year, guys like Adam Henry, Emo, uh, you got Dale Mitchell. I mean, you can go on and on about it, but there, I think there's something to be said about experience, um, not just winning the year before, but experience in the league and understanding what it takes to be successful and uh, you know we would go on runs and you know put a handful of games together and then maybe we'd drop a few and you know, we, we, there's never really any panic throughout the whole year it was more the coaching staff making sure we weren't getting complacent and we understood that there's a goal and that's to win the last game of the year and you know we've found a way to do it we had some ups and downs uh through that journey and the playoffs and all but it was uh obviously a really fun run yeah man from the top to bottom everything about it when you look back it was just perfect you know and um it was a tight group like you mentioned all the all the standouts i mean did you settle in pretty quickly uh with everybody yeah i did um you know i think initially when i got there um obviously Cam, you know, Fowler and I, we yeah, had, uh, we've been teammates since we were about seven years old um, every year. Uh, so we played together, you know, right before he made the jump to the NHL. And when I got there, I think, um, you know, we were hanging out, obviously, a lot. And the guy that we kind of hung out with a lot at that time, when I, I mean, I can remember it first night came across the border and went right to Ryan Ellis's billets. Uh, he lived with Austin Watson at the time. And the four of us, you know, we spent a lot of time together hanging out, 
watching hockey, talking. Uh, Ellie and Lottie were pretty big into video games and stuff, but you know, there was never any, um, you know, not not feeling like I fit in. It was you know the new guy kind of keep your mouth shut until guys open up and yeah. just show up every day and work hard and you know contribute to the team in whatever way that is. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is you already had. Taylor Hall, you already had Ryan Ellis, you had Henry, you already had guys that are elite, elite players. And for me, it was, I want to win and help me in my development and moving forward. And so I, I really learned a lot, especially from that coaching staff. I still think to this day, they obviously were some of the most influential people um, in my hockey career. Yeah, no doubt, man. There's always going to be a little bit of that, you know, feeling out process and and stuff like that. But it's cool. Like you can look back on that on that roster, like you mentioned, so many different names pop out, and uh, the list never ends, you know. Um, but one thing I always do is like kind of you know touch upon that kind of thing. And again, there's so many people um, to talk about. But is there anyone that you look back and you're like, whatever happened to to this guy? <laughs> um, you know, I. Not too much, to be honest with you. Um, you guys probably keep in touch a lot too, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like any anything in life. If if you're in a group with you know people, you know, over time you're going to keep in touch somewhat, and especially when you win. Um, you know, we went through winning an OHL championship and winning a Memorial Cup. Like, you know, we're, we're forever tied together uh, in one way or another, and you know, I think that goes for you know, all sports is I could pick up a phone, call one of them, and, you know, basically be picking up where we left off. But there's a, you know, a good handful of guys I still, you know, keep in touch with regularly. Um, you know, you reach out to a few here and there. and it's um, It was a really great group. And I think the, the thing about it is I don't think there was one day that we didn't just have a blast, um, whether it was, guys goofing off or you know watching holes and do something crazy in practice and wondering how he just did that or you know during a game watching Ellie yell at the refs and listening to DJ yell at Ellie to quit talking and it was just you know it, it was fun and the best part about it is we, we were winning and we won you know winning winning cures everything in a sense you know that's what people say and we had uh great personalities on that team you know some really funny guys quiet guys our captain Harry Young I, to this day I still keep in you know close touch with him and uh, that guy you know he cracks me up I think a lot of people probably think he's this quiet yeah. doesn't smile kind of guy and yeah. <laughs> if he ever listens to this he'll probably you know threaten my life and you know <laughs> I'll fight you or something like that but you know, he was, uh, he was just kind of that, that solid, you know, rock captain leader that really was the perfect person, personality, whatever you want to call it, for that dynamic uh, group that we had that year. Um, you know, a lot of different personalities on that team, but yeah. I think one thing was for sure is Harry, without even having to say a word, demanded respect, but also he had that respect of everybody. And, you know, that trickled down through the, through the room. And I think that was a big part in our success. 
makes a lot of sense, man. And it had to have been quite the honor for you too. Like, again, just when we were talking about this, I was thinking like out of all the people in hockey, um, such a, it's a small, but big world at the same time, they, they wanted you to be on that team with all the people that you had mentioned and, and what they were working for. So it had to have been pretty cool for you to, to be with them, you know? For sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I look back now, um, and you look at what guys have done in their careers, guys that are still playing, uh, guys that, have, you know, are overseas and have made a great living over there. There's just many things um, throughout that team that have happened. And, you know, I was fortunate to, one, you know, be drafted by Windsor into such a, you know, well-known and great respected organization. Um, you know, looking back, you know, if I wasn't drafted by Windsor, um, you know, I, I probably never would have played in the OHL. Um, it was just everything kind of fit well together that made that decision easier for me. But at the end of the day, anytime you're, you're selected by a team, it means you're wanted. And if you're wanted, you got an opportunity and a chance to play. Hundred percent, man. And you know, we we can't skip over the the OHL championship and the Memorial Cup tournament. So oh. I'm sure there's tons of things that come to mind. But like, you know, I guess what comes to mind were some uh, good memories you have from from that run. Well, I mean, when I think about it, you know, we first round we played Erie, we swept them. Mm-hmm. Uh, second round played Plymouth with obviously Sagan, and you know it was. Taylor Hall versus Tyler Sagan, who was going yeah. hard. Um, you know, we swept that as well. So, you know, we're 8-0 through two series, a little bit of breaks between. And then, you know, we played Kitchener with yeah. Lena Scott and Skinner. And, you know, before we even could blink, we're down 0-3. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think everybody, it was, it was still to this day one of the strangest feelings. We're down 0-3. Yeah. And everybody knew we were still going to win in that locker room. Like, I really don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah, of course, we were like, gosh, can't believe we're in this situation. And, but I, I honestly, to this day, I don't think that there was one guy that literally thought we were still going to lose that series. And um, something that I, I really do remember was uh, that game seven in Windsor. I think, uh, you know, Rikes and the staff, they uh, – Put, I believe it was like white t-shirts or towels um, in the arena, you know, on all the chairs before the game. And I can remember skating out of the tunnel, and it's basically a whiteout, and it was one of the coolest things ever. I mean, getting ready to play a game seven at home to move on, uh, you know, we were able to accomplish that and ran into Barry, who, uh, you know, the whole year it was, they're better. They're better on paper. They've got this and that. And, uh, you know, we took care of that, swept them, and then uh, obviously went to the Mem Cup and handled the business there. Um, you know, it was just kind of a testament to that organization and the guys that have been with the Spitfires and like the, the 90 birth year that, you know, Henriques and Nemo's and Wellies, you know, they came in, I think their first year they won, I could be wrong here, but 15 games or so. And they went through those real hard dog days of learning as a young group and all coming up together. So you know, I think it, it really is those guys, that group that um, 
you know, made not just that run of my year, but the, you know, the prior year as successful as what it was. Yeah, man, no doubt about that. I love the, that whole, uh, the whole rundown. It was great. Um, but of course, even the guys that were there before going to the Memorial Cup the second time, they knew they knew what to do, know how to get it done. But I'm glad that you brought up that uh, that uh, series with Kitchener, because you mentioned you know there was ups and downs throughout the season, and then that was pretty much the only down <laughs> in the postseason. And I remember thinking the same thing, like holy fuck, I can't believe they're down 0 and three, but they're gonna fucking pull us off, aren't they? <laughs> aren't they? And then sure enough, yeah, you know. I think it was. Uh... I want to say it was game three. Let's see. Yeah, I remember I, that. I, 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 I remember being I up in the suites at that one because that's when I started working there. And I remember, again, oh. Jeff Skinner was running wild, and I'm just like, holy crap, I oh, can't wow. believe this. Well, I'm a great team, great system. They're really well coached. Ironically enough, uh, I played for the Marlins. Spot was my head coach. So we had some, uh, you know, some good laughs. Uh, talking about that series, but I, I think it was game three. We were in, uh, in Windsor, I want to say. I could be wrong here, but yeah. that was a game where, I forget who it was, someone on Kitchener came up, you know, high flipped the puck in, and uh, like from, from the far blue line, maybe center ice, and took an awkward bounce and went in on uh, Troy Passingham, and that was with like a minute left in the game. And we were tired, and then that happened. We go down before we even knew it. Game was over, down on three, going at the kitchen for game four for them to close it out. And, um, you know, it, it was just such a crazy, crazy series. Uh, the night before that game four in kitchen, we, you know, as a team, we went out to dinner, and, you know, DJ Smith is just cracking jokes at dinner, keeping the guys light. You know, saying, hey, don't worry about it. You, know, you guys will be home in a week. You know, you're down on three. You guys will be, be able to play golf in two days. Like, <laughs> making these you know, kind of funny jokes, but if, if you knew him and our team and you know the way we all worked together and acted around each other, it was, it was exactly what our group needed. We didn't need anything to change. We didn't need anything to tighten up. We just needed to go and play how we can and get one win. If we got that win, we knew it was over. And, um, you know, fortunately we did. And, you know, we went undefeated through eight, lost three in a row, and went undefeated the rest of the way. Yeah. Even Hollywood can't rate this shit, man. <laughs> it's pretty cool stuff, honestly. It was, yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. And then even after that, you came back for uh, for one more year, junior two, and it looked like you guys could have made it three in a row. You know, you guys went all the way to the conference final that year, too. Yeah. You know, again, it was a, a different group. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a year. Uh, um, you know, Ryan Ellis, I think he set the record. Uh, I think, I know for Windsor, but if not, maybe in the OHL, with points by a defenseman. I think he was so ridiculous in juniors. It was unbelievable. Like, mm-hmm. I think that guy had... That it's my second year. I think it was ten eleven. Honestly, he had about a hundred three to one hundred six points as a defenseman after missing, I think you know seven to nine games because he was in Nashville at the beginning of the year. Like he was just so dominant, and you know when you were on the ice with them, you knew other teams were just you know aware of. 
to this day, any level I play that, um, I, I tell everybody he was the smartest hockey player I've ever played with. And, you know, at his size at that time, he had to be. He's obviously gotten stronger and more mature and uh, different attributes to his game. But one thing that's always has been a step ahead of everybody else is his mind. And, you know, I think that's something that really has separated him um, from at every level he's played. That's a difference maker sometime, you know, and it's it's really cool to hear because it's, it's cool that it's really I'm really happy that he made it to to where he is. You know, I think there was some times where they were like, you know, questioning his size and shit like that, you know, and it's just so awesome to see uh, him succeed, really. Definitely. And, you know, I think every every ref in the, uh, in the OHL loved him, too, because every game he would just be all over them yelling at them in <laughs> juniors. It, it was it was like such a joke on our team. Like, oh, there goes Ellie again. And Ellie, you know, shut your mouth, quit yelling. And, but, you know, t- to saying that, all jokes aside, that's just how passionate he was. That's how much he cared about, you know, these smallest details or you know, the non-call or and offsides. And, you know, he, whether he was right or wrong, he just, he loved the game so much and had that drive and that uh, desire to win. And, you know, I really do think that's a big reason as to why he's been so successful is he's just a very driven, motivated person that has such a passion for the game. Yeah, man, you played with a lot of great players before you even made it to pro, you know, so uh, you got to do it all over. Well, you know, in a sense, you got to live the right. dream again, right? And, Definitely. you know, uh, following that is when you kind of started that pro career with the Marlies uh, drafted there before you even came to Windsor and I think you had some familiar faces in that in that uh, locker room as well yeah um, you know there were some some guys that I definitely knew um, you know and ironically I met a lot of them actually just from playing in the OHL that year before um, from you know by USA days a guy by you know, Jerry Amigo played a little bit in Kitchener. He was also in Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Devane was there from Plymouth. Uh, Jesse Blacker was there for a little bit. He was there actually prior to me coming to Windsor. But, um, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those turn the page and you're starting from brand new again. And big learning experience, uh, you know, coming from suburb of Detroit to Windsor, you know, living on the outside of Windsor, not crazy big cities by any means, and then right into the, I tell everybody around here that hasn't been to Toronto, I moved at, you know, 20 years old to the New York City of Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to mention that earlier when you were talking about, you know, even coming here and and playing in a kind of quote-unquote hockey town, comparing it to to Toronto is, like you said, the New York of hockey. I mean, it was, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Um, we, we had such great teams. We we came very, very close to winning the Calder Cup twice. Yeah. We lost in the finals one year, and then the final, uh, my third year, we lost uh, game seven of the um, of the conference finals. And, you know, kind of around the, the league at that time, it was – you know, assumed, and again, it could have been a totally different story, but it was kind of assumed that whoever won that series was going to have a really good shot at winning the whole thing. And, uh, we played Texas at the time, and they, they ended up winning the whole 
Maple Leafs. I'm moving to Toronto to play hockey. Um, you know, it's the Mecca in a sense and just such a cool experience. I, you know, working hard, meeting new people and traveling around. You're representing Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, you got the, the leaf on your shoulders or, you know, your backpack, whatever it may be. And, you know, people, people recognize you. You know, I had a little bit of an introduction to that in Windsor. Thought that was the coolest thing ever. I'd go to like, you know, awesome pizza or something with like three guys after practice and get like a, you know, seven, eight year old Timbit guy coming over and asking for an autograph. And I'm like, you want mine? Like, <laughs> I, you know, you, you just never view yourself or think of yourself in that way. And, uh, you know, you quickly realize that you're now setting an example for younger kids and the same players that I looked up to. Well, now I'm filling those shoes for the, you know, the next group of young kids coming up. And I think when Windsor kind of prepared me for that a little bit. And then, you know, you get to Toronto and what's funny to me is, you know, with the Marlies, I thought we, you know, I thought we were well known in a sense. And, um, you know, being around the city, people, you know, kind of recognize us here and there, but you play for the Leafs. It's just a different animal. I mean, it's, it's it's so it's it's really fascinating to watch at times. Uh, I can see some players being overwhelmed by it. The media there. I mean, we were I was on an AHL team, and I mean, we would have every day at least you know seven, ten up to you know close to twenty. And there's some NHL market teams that you know maybe we'll have four or five, you know six seven after a practice. We were having that in the AHL. But it was just the city that we were in, and I'm so fortunate that I got to have that experience. And you know, it's something I I think about a lot, and really enjoyed my time. That's cool, man. You can't you can't take anything away from you, right? So no matter what, it's cool that you uh, you know got to live the dream and uh, kind of talk. Kind of talking about what you're talking about with the uh, with the media in Toronto. Um, I'm sure that that's the only AHL team that's like that. And I'm sure you can attest to that from from your experience. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a special market for sure. I um, you know I, I was fortunate. I played there. Um, I went and played in Cleveland, uh, which I didn't know much about, but I loved it there. They actually had a a great facility organization. You know, we played it's, uh, where the Cleveland Cavaliers played, and at the time, you know, LeBron was there, and we'd see him in the hallways all the time. And then um, finished up NHL career playing in San Diego. So I got very lucky um, with the teams that I was able to sign with, and you know, the teams that believed in my ability and how I could positively, you know, contribute to their program. Um, you know, you hear about some guys that play, you know, in the smaller cities or, you know, these different markets and don't want to call them horror stories, but they, uh, there's not much to do outside of when they're at the rink for those, you know, five, six hours a day. Yeah, man. Some of these AHL teams, ECHL teams, I, I've never even heard of the cities to be honest with you. And no, absolutely. And, you know, again, I, I would be in and out, you know, for a game. And uh, fortunately, I was able to live in some uh, some pretty great 
Yeah, I mean, you get to travel through the game too. Like I said, living the dream, being able to see the world. And um, after a few more, you got a, a pretty long uh, pro career actually. And then you decided to go overseas to Switzerland with another uh, Michigan native and Cody Wido. So did you guys, did he kind of encourage you to come over? How did that come to be? No, so um, I think that was either my eighth or ninth year pro. It ended up being my last, uh, kind of not intentionally. It's just, you know, kind of how it ended up. A different opportunity came. And, um, but, you know, with regards to Switzerland, was where I played. Um, you know, I, I met my actual, my, my wife when I played in Cleveland. And it had always been a dream of mine to, to be able to live overseas and, you know, make a living playing hockey in a different country and yeah. experience that and, and travel and, you know, see the world. And at that point in my career, um, I was in a different place in a sense. You know, I had played over here, I played in Toronto, you know, I did all that and I knew that, you know, I had unfortunately a lot of injuries in my career and I knew I was, uh, you know, on the, on the back nine, I guess you'd say. And mm-hmm. for me, it was more, let's keep using hockey as, you know, just to see things. Let's have different experiences, uh, live in different countries. And I didn't know uh, Cody too much. Played a little bit when we were younger, but you know, didn't have really any conversations until, you know, we both kind of just signed and gave each other a phone call. And, hey, it looks like we're the two uh, two American players heading over. and. Yeah. Um, and we were lucky to have each other. I, I had, my wife came over, uh, obviously with me that year. Um, uh, and it was just such a cool experience. You know, we got to go travel and see things that never in a million years I, I thought I would have been doing. Um, you know, both of our families were able to come and visit us, which it was such a blessing. You know, you never know with, you know, just life in general, if people will be able to have that time to come over, but it was a uh, experience that I thoroughly enjoyed. And, you know, I, I hope a lot of you know players are able to experience that. Yeah, it's, it's cool, man. Just to, again, to see the world through, through the game of hockey, something that obviously we both, we both love to, to play and watch and stuff like that. So again, just to see the world, it's, it's, it's a blessing, like you said. Um, and, you know, I was going to ask, you know, like how, how did you kind of, make that decision and if you wanted to go into coaching developmental training right away because um, you know sometimes it takes a bit to, to find your footing but I guess you said you you know opportunities kind of arise right right I mean I think uh, I mean I don't know if I've actually ever sat down and counted them up but over my uh, eight year pro career I think I you know, probably had somewhere around six seven surgeries uh, whether they were minor or very serious yeah um, you know, the year before I went overseas, um, I was playing in the UCHL. Um, at the time, we, I had played nine games, you know, beginning of the season. It's kind of one of those situations where I was starting there and was hoping to, you know, get an opportunity to you know, move back up and sign with a team in the AHL. And, Played nine games and uh, tore my uh, adductor muscle right off the bone, basically, um, right in my leg. And unfortunately, things uh, weren't handled the way I was hoping that they would be. Um, 
when I was there, uh, whether it was, you know, discussions with different doctors or just you know, different protocols you had to go through, um, you know, being there and end up missing the entire rest of the season. It was something I, you know, I thought could have been a two month type thing and happened, I believe it was early November and I was not back skating basically until mid, mid June or so. And, you know, that was unfortunate, but it led me to my last year. And I knew throughout that whole year, I was just kind of waiting. Is it going to tear right off again? You know, waking up, getting out of bed, hobbling, just in pain. And, you know, just trying to get kind of through the year. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, that's kind of where my mindset got to with, you know, dealing with, you know, the injuries and the pain of that. And, just the mental wear on you, you know, you're going to bed in pain after the game and you're waking up and it's even worse. And one thing about Europe for the most part is they don't hand out days off there. Um, you know, here there's a bit more of a, you know, you played last night. What, what do you need? How do you feel over there? I mean, we'd have two days off a month and that was, you know, a different strain on your body. But I knew I had a feeling deep down that, you know, this is probably it. And I um, still went into that summer training um, with the mindset of, you know, maybe I'm not done yet. Um, had, you know, three or four different offers. And an opportunity came for me to kind of get into the player development side, work with, you know, younger players in the Detroit area. And I've always had a, a passion for teaching. Um, one of the underlining reasons as to why I had originally gone to Boston College was they had a great uh, teaching program there and I've always enjoyed working with younger kids. And uh, so it was kind of an easy transition. Um, Brian Ralston has a hockey academy over here in Detroit and I actually played for his brother, uh, Ron Ralston, who's a head coach at Providence College now when I was at the U.S. program, and we, uh, you know, got in touch, had a couple of uh, phone calls and conversations, and, um, you know, I, I was able to kind of come on to his, his team, and I'm a year or two now there, and you know, he has a great program there, uh, about 30 kids, it's all small, small ice training, and, um, you know, small group training as well, and, you know, really working on the things that, you don't have time to work work on in a practice, like a team practice setting. So it's uh, you know slower pace and working on things that I find uh, very important in you know moving up and kind of getting to the fullest potential of what you're capable of. Absolutely, man. I mean, networking is everything, especially in the in the game of hockey. You know, just uh, you know, it's about who you know sometimes, right? And uh, so I knew that you, you at least started with Rolston, and then I think you started your own, right? Is is there anything else you're involved in? Or yeah, I mean, so I, I'm doing that with uh, with Brian Rolston. I have my own, you know, little company, but um, you know, I do a little bit of kind of skill training, and um, you know, I, I think there's, in my viewpoint, a misconception. I I don't like to consider myself, uh, you know, a skill coach. I guess you'd say I I liked more the, more along the lines of, you know, game situational training. Um, everything is done with a purpose and, 
you know, everything you can translate into a game scenario or show you a video of, hey, this happened here, let's work on it. Um, so, you know, I worked with, obviously, the kids at the, that program. And then, um, you know, kind of this past summer, I started working with some uh, some juniors, some college guys. Actually, uh, Cam Fowler, uh, we got in touch more so talking about training. And I, he and I skated two or three times a week, um, you know, the three months leading up to him leaving this year. And, you know, that was a cool experience for me. Uh, this guy I've known my entire life that's still playing at the highest level in the world. And he knows my background and my knowledge and experience. And, you know, he invested, you know, his time and, you know, his trust in me that I was going to help prepare him for an NHL season. And it was, uh, it was really great doing that. And, you know, through that, I've, other people have you know reached out and stuff but it's uh been great and you know i was fortunate for that and kind of brings it all full circle in a sense yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say it's full circle man and you know uh that's the game that's it's really cool to hear yeah and you know also with that you know i i've been fortunate this is my first year i've uh i've been coaching or the head coach of the U, U16 uh, Little Caesars Girls program. Oh, yeah. And it, we have a very special team. Um, there's 17 players, probably have at the end of this year on 13 Division One commitments. Um, girls that will, you know, try out and, and some will make, you know, national teams and, um, you know, our, we, we have a very great record right now and it's just a lot of fun. I've, never really been in that position as a head coach at any level and it's something that I've always you know wanted to do and you know, be on that other side of the game and strategize and you know remove hockey from it but you know have an impact on whether it's boys or girls you know older or younger have an impact on their life and you know see them grow as people not just hockey players and you know, that's how I was raised I had some great great people in my life, great coaches, and, uh, you know, trying to just take a little bit from everyone that I learned and, you know, kind of blend it into my own way. That's what it's all about, man. It's really cool to, to tell your story here on the show, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Absolutely. I uh, followed, I watched some videos, I saw you with Shuggy uh, yeah. a couple weeks back talking, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I think it's great what you're doing, and anytime... Uh, we get to talk about the, the old glory days and reminisce. It's, uh, it's always a great time. All right, all right. There we have it. Kenny Ryan on the Wind City Sports Podcast, former Windsor Spitfire, Toronto Marley, and uh, pretty much a longtime pro hockey player in the AHL and ECHL and a little bit overseas. Again, always good to, to shoot the shit with guys like that, um, especially you know like we always talk about there could be an nhl superstar on that team or now a developmental coach maybe a guy who only played junior and went on to um you know just kind of live the quote-unquote normal life there's so many different types of people to talk to from that team and i'm happy to check kenny off the list and uh it's just kind of cool to to hear the stories yet again kind of discuss about the the run that they had and um it's cool to talk about that that third round with the kitchener rangers in 2010 
Um, and here, and again, hearing stories from the locker room as well. Um, I believe even mentioned in the interview, you know, we'd be sitting there in the stands or on the couch watching the games, but you never really know what's being said and what's happening behind closed doors. And it's cool to hear all these years later how, and again, all these years later, how, uh, how instilled in their memories it is, obviously, um, some great memories looking back on those days, I believe, now Kenny is our like 13th or 14th individual um, from that two-year run to be on the show. Uh, we'll be sure to make a social media post about that one again at WinCity underscore sports. Um, but again, thank you to Kenny for taking the time to do that. A great interview uh, from a great player too. Uh, back in his day was certainly um, a great addition to the Spitfires who were already unreal at the time as we talked about coming into that team with a lot of momentum and uh, his first little bit of living the hockey life you know and then of course in Toronto uh, even playing for the Marlies having a little bit of superstardom at least in the Canada hockey world but now we have a little bit of news we'll talk about um, first off obviously earlier this week OHL Commissioner David Branch had issued a statement, and it, it certainly is a, a statement, I guess we can say, but not a lot, not a lot of news coming from this. Um, about the return to play, he says, first and foremost, the OHL is anxious to return to play and eager to get our players back on the ice to drop the puck for a 2020-2021 regular season. As we have for many months, we continue to continue to work hard. I don't know if I said continue. Anyway, we continue to work hard towards ensuring a safe return to play for everyone. We are encouraged by our ongoing discussions with government and public health agencies, but have not yet arrived on an approved return to play framework for the coming season. The league will share more information with our players, family, staff, billets, and tremendous fans as finalized plans for a safe return to the ice becomes available. So, of course, uh, prior to that, we had some some rumors, uh, one from Scott Wheeler here. Uh, sources were saying that the NHL had sent a memo to teams um, with plans for the restart, obviously something that they can't announce quite yet, but they're looking at, it, apparently, a 24-game season, four hub cities, March quarantines at home before arriving in host city. So that will pretty much bring us to a April 2nd or 4th weekend target for the start of the season. And of course, government mandated quarantines for imports and any other uh, bullshit um, and subject to government approval, of course. Uh, as you've seen, kids in the WHL are going to be living in the suites at the, uh, at the, arenas and stuff that they live in or play at um so i don't know a lot of mixed feelings on this one but um i did see a tweet not too long ago um because a lot of people are saying why what's the point when it's not safe whatever you know what if they can make it safe then why not these kids have you know been working their asses off for years to play it's you know potentially going to be their job um you know they're getting drafted this year maybe they're going to college being recruited and it's it's a waste of a year it's a complete waste of a year and you know that might be my opinion if you disagree then hey you already made it this far to listen to my interview with kenny ryan so i appreciate that but um a tweet from from jamie henderson um really you know kind of stuck with me at least um i'm appalled to see some people on the forum say that there's no point in having a 24 ohl season these guys have played the game since they were four 
They dreamed of professional careers. They have university coaches looking to recruit them. So much invested. You know, why not? Come on, guys. Like, if you feel unsafe, then you're not going to be able to go to games anyway. Just let the kids play. Let them let them make a living. This is, you know, um, when Taylor Hall was being drafted, everyone, uh, it was all eyes on him, right? So if you were to tell Taylor Hall, like, hey, you know, we're just going to skip that season and see what happens. I'm sure uh, you guys would have a different opinion at that point. But anyway, uh, talk too much about that. <laughs> what's what's going on? We do have some more Spitfires getting into AHL action. Uh, Tyler Engel actually played for the Cleveland Monsters and took on former assistant uh, Windsor Spitfires coach Mike Weber in the Rochester Americans a few days ago. Um, last episode, a couple weeks ago, I forgot to mention Gabe Velarde playing for the LA Kings, starting to pop off finally. Um who else do we have? We had uh, Will Cooley make his uh, um, AHL debut as well and score a goal in his first game. He's uh, obviously a Windsor Spitfires product right now. So a lot of guys, and I'm not sure if we mentioned Connor Concorin last episode, going overseas now to to play. Because like, like I said, so you know if it's not safe in, in Canada or whatever to play, these kids still want to and need to. Uh, can make some money doing it make again make a living and um, make their name so if they're not going to play here it looks like they're going to go elsewhere um so i don't know food for thought i suppose um tj laramie is set to step in the octagon again on may 1st for a ufc fight night he's gonna be taking on damon jackson uh, at that event i believe in las vegas um, windsor's jacob robson was once again invited to training camp by the detroit tigers Listen to him on episode 123 of the Wind City Sports Podcast. He's been playing in their developmental system for years. He was drafted to the Tigers in, I believe, 2016. He was actually drafted prior to that, too, in 2014. Um, but redrafted to the Tigers for his pretty much, you know, favorite team right across the border. Um, and has been playing in the AAA system for many years, playing in Puerto Rico in the offseason. So hoping to see him. Uh, again, we have talked about it before. If we get him... On the Tigers, we have at least one Windsor right in every major sport. In the major four, we would have Dakota Shepley, Tyron Crawford, and Luke Wilson in the NFL. Now, Michael Mulder in the NBA. So many to name in the NHL. Obviously, Zach Cassian just comes to mind right away. And if we had Jacob Robson in the MLB, Windsor would be all over the map. So that's some cool stuff. That's pretty much all the news that we have coming out of the last two weeks during this pandemic. Still going on almost a year. But that is all this week on Win City Sports. Thank you for listening to my interview with Kenny Ryan. We're here every other Monday on WinCitySports.com and anywhere podcasts are available with a brand new episode, a new interview with a local interview featuring a um, coach, athlete, entrepreneur, or someone from in the community, or you know maybe who you who might used to be in the community like Kenny Ryan. Check out all of our 219 plus episodes on WinCitySports.com, of course, wherever you're listening to it right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any podcast platform, simply search up WinCitySports, W-I-N-C-I-T-Y is all one word, and you'll easily be able to find us. Same for social media, but our handles are at WinCity underscore sports on Twitter and Instagram, so simply find us on Facebook, and give us a subscribe on YouTube. Like, follow, subscribe on anything you might use. And you can follow me, Drake Demore, on Twitter and Instagram at Drake Demore. But until next time, smell you later.